Welcome back to Marketing Trailblazers. Um, I'm Jess Tackett, here with Jeremy LaDuke. Hey, y'all. What's new? Uh, not much. Just uh, getting ready to ship one of the kiddos off to college. And so I had to go through orientation this last week. That was um, an experience in like 12 hours of a lot of information. So, yeah, what about you? Anything exciting? Working on our new house, trying to get that finished up so we that's fun. Yeah, you guys are like remodeling a bathroom or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole thing. I never want to remodel anything ever again. Yes, it, oh, yeah, it's like it's like a puppy. It's like, oh, like, that's a really cute puppy. I want to bring it home with me. And then it starts like eating everything and pooping everywhere. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> but he told my family if I say, hey, let's remodel something else to just tell me no. Well, but it's not allowed. We are um, excited uh, that you guys are listening in um, today. Uh, we have Kara Heater from the one and only Savannah Bananas, um, a very quirky baseball team based out of Savannah, but they're actually going on world tours now. Um, and I'm really hoping, like I'm I'm lobbying, I've talked to people about this, I'm hoping that Knoxville becomes like a banana league team. I think it'd be super fun. I think people would go for it. Knoxville's weird enough. And yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're we're or kooky, kooky little town. All right. I think we can do it. Well, um, we're excited to, to jump in uh, to this conversation with Kara. Uh, lots of good information. One of the things I took away from it was that she's incredibly passionate about what she does, which feeds into the ability just to be creative with what you're doing. And also the the way that their their product, which is essentially a, a baseball game, it's a it's a you know, a few hours of just great entertainment, that product is tied directly into their marketing efforts. And the the, the product team and the marketing team work hand in hand to, to make everything better. Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate that they're not only looking for like marketing experts to work with them, that Kara started as an intern and worked her way up and then with their hiring process, it's less about like your background and your technical skills and more about your passion, your enthusiasm, and just who you are as a person to see if you're going to fit. And I think that's really cool. Well, let's get this fire blazing. Kara, thanks for coming. Pull up a seat by the campfire. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, so Savannah Bananas, um, I didn't know that much about Savannah Bananas before uh, uh, getting involved with this episode, and um, I'd heard about them, but just doing my research, I've got to say I'm slightly, I feel slightly disenfranchised that we don't have a baseball team like this um, up here in Knoxville, um, and I'm, I'm really hoping that one day uh, I can I can make it up to, to one of the games because they look like a complete blast, um, a lot of fun. But for those for those of, of uh, our listeners that might not be as familiar with Savannah Bananas, uh, fill us in. What what is Savannah Bananas, and and tell us uh, how you all make baseball fun. Yeah, so the Savannah Bananas are a baseball team based in Savannah, Georgia. Um, We got started in 2016 in a coastal, plainly collegiate summer ball team. Um, So we we had a season from May to August where we had college players come from all over the nation 
to play summer ball essentially and stay in shape. Um, and the, the biggest thing is, is right off the jump, we named our team the Savannah Bananas. And so we've kind of been a little bit different uh, right off the get-go. Uh, but our biggest thing is making baseball fun. We want to change the game of baseball um, and, and take the long, slow, and boring out of it. Um, and so when we started as that collegiate summer team, we realized that, you know, okay, there's only so much we can do in this league. Um, how do we make baseball fun? How do we continue our, our ongoing journey of taking the long, slow, and boring out of baseball. And thus, Banana Ball was born. Um, so Banana Ball is our own version of baseball that's made that's meant to make the game more fast-paced, more entertaining. Um, so it features nine special rules, um, like two-hour time limits, no stepping out of the box, no bunting, um, no walks. Walks become sprints. Um, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. Um, all these crazy things to make baseball more fun. And now we actually have left that uh, collegiate summer league um, and started our official professional banana ball team. And we are on tour currently going to 33 different cities this year, 90 games or so all over the country from February to September. And it's a a whole lot of fun. That's that's amazing. 90 games. And most of those are already the ones that are, are selling tickets are already sold out, aren't they? Yes. So I, I think it's around like 80% of our, our season is completely sold out. Um, all of our Savannah games are sold out. And then the only reason the other ones are, are not there yet is because tickets don't go on sale until two months prior to the event. So those August and September games are, are not on sale yet, but once they are, we're expecting them to go like uh, hotcakes is one way to put it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And are y'all still doing um, games um, at the, the Savannah Stadium as well? Yes, yeah, so we actually have one um, tonight, and we have, I think about half of our games are in the Savannah, or in Grayson Stadium um, in Savannah, and the other half are, are on the road to, to new cities and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw that where if you go if you go to the, the Savannah game, it's like 25 bucks and like all-you-can-eat concessions. Yep, so $25, taxes and fees included. Um, you get unlimited hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken sandwiches, cheeseburgers, chips, soda, popcorn, water. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. People people eat until they drop there. It's it's a lot of food consumed, um, but it's it's awesome. It's I'm, cool. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to do the math, like the business model on that. Uh, like that, how do y'all make money? Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem a little concerning, uh, but the the best thing is that people have such a great experience at the games that they then are are fans for life. Essentially, um, it's going to build their their brand loyalty, their bananas loyalty, and they become a part of Banana Nation. So, in turn, you know, they're paying twenty five dollars for this ticket. They're getting an awesome experience. Then they want to then go to the merchandise store online or in, in the stadium and buy a whole bunch of merch, or they want to buy tickets to come out again, or they want to, you know, purchase all these different things like, uh, our K club membership of, of one, uh, example is, you know, our biggest fans are our K clubbers. So they're buying this $50 membership for the year to get first access to tickets, exclusive content, um, all this, these cool little person stuff. So it makes up for itself elsewhere. Um, but it's it's something that we're we're very proud of and, and strong on our our will to continue doing is is keeping those taxes and fees included as well as um, providing that all you can eat food so you can just come enjoy a game as much as you want. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Um, now you you've done some remarkable things with your the the Savannah Bananas um, social media accounts. Y'all have got over five million followers on TikTok over a million on Instagram. I mean, y'all are just blowing social media out of the water. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, your experience with that and growing that? Because you, you came on Savannah the Bananas uh, what, five years ago as an intern 
and you've kind of um, kind of grown help grow that whole side of, of the marketing. Um, so t- tell us about some of the ups and downs and, and lessons you've learned over the, over the years. Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. So like you said, I came on in 2018 as an intern. Um, after that summer was over, they asked me to stay on part-time and I worked remotely in the off season, uh, while I was still finishing up college. Um, and I can remember that, that 2018 year, there was, I think, 11 full-time staff members. And now we're at 36. I think we just had somebody start the other day. Um, so it's it's been a rapid pace of growth. But it's, it's interesting because it's been so cool to be a part of. Uh, like in 2018, I can remember it was just me kind of handling all of the social media accounts. So it was Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok wasn't really a thing yet quite then. Um, and then we had one video person. And, you know, we had supplemental interns coming for the season, which was awesome. But now we have a team of, I think, five people on our marketing team and six people on our video team, um, all doing very specific roles now, as opposed to everybody doing everything. You know, we realize that as we grow, we need to get into this mindset of people going narrow and deep as opposed to shallow and wide. Um, We really want to make sure that people are finding their expertise so that we can make sure it's the, the best it can be. So that's what it is with social, you know, it went from one person, two people running all the accounts. And now it's all of us have a super specific niche on, on what we're doing day to day. And, and it's going to help us grow and, and put out the best content we can on social media. When you're, when you're looking at your, your marketing mix, um, how big of, of a slice of the pie does social get? I mean, it's, it's, Almost all of it. Um, we actually don't do any traditional okay. marketing. Um, you're not going to see us, you know, running Facebook ads or Instagram ads. You're not going to see us putting up billboards or running radio ads or anything like that. Um, our our bread and butter is social media. We live in a digital age. It's a digital world right now, and we recognize that. And we're seeing it as we grow. You know consistently that social media is is where we're getting most of our things. Um, and then obviously we have the the piece of it that's you know. In game, when people come to our games, that's a very big part of, of marketing for us is the experience they're getting at these games. Uh, because if they're getting the best experience and they become long-term loyal fans of the bananas, they in turn are going to be our marketers for us. Um, they're going to take you know, the experience they got and they're going to go tell their friend about it. Their friend in turn is then going to go look us up on Facebook and then maybe buy a piece of merchandise and then hopefully come to a game and then... It's just a trickle effect there where then they come to a game, they tell their friends about it. And then it's, you know, our fans are our biggest marketers to some degree because, you know, they're getting this experience, whether it's on social media or at the actual game that, you know, they haven't seen before. And and that's kind of the thing. But social media is definitely our, our bread and butter of, of marketing, pretty much all of it to some degree besides that in-game experience. I love that. And I feel like that your trajectory with the tour and everything is a testament to how effective that really can be and has been for mm-hmm. you all. Like, yeah, absolutely. Not many people would choose to, yeah, invest so much just in that and then actually have it pay off that, that well, like you guys have grown so fast. Yeah. It's been wild to see. Absolutely wild. What, um, do you have any, any direct things that you measure or keep an eye on and, and uh, you know, to show the powers that be, Hey, this is, this is um, other than just ticket sales and whatnot. Do you, do you kind of reference something to say, Hey, this is, 
the way we know that this is working. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it will help if I start kind of a little bit with our strategy and, and how we kind of choose what goes out on social media. Um, so we kind of have like three questions we ask ourselves before we put any piece of content out on social media. Um, the very first one is, is it fans first? So our mission statement is fans first, entertain always. Our company is fans first entertainment. So that is the question that every single department is asking themselves before they do anything is, is this fans first? If the answer is no, it's back to the drawing board. Um, but two specific questions that we ask before we put out content um, on our social pages is, does this make baseball fun? So that's our goal is to make baseball fun. That is what helps us stand out. It's, it's people seeing things that they've never seen done in a baseball game before. Um, so if it doesn't make baseball fun, again, it's back to the drawing board. And then finally, um, the last question we ask is, is this shareable? Is this something we're proud of? So we want to make sure that this piece of content we're putting out is something that we feel proud enough to share on our own social media pages with our family and friends. If, if the answer is no, and we're not even proud of it to, to share it with our own family and friends, then nobody else is likely going to, to want to share it as well. Um, so kind of going back to your question, one way we really track how well a post is doing or how well content is doing um, is by shares. So, you know, views are awesome. Likes are awesome. They're really cool. But if somebody is captured by a piece of content so much that they want other people to see it, again, it goes back to that word of mouth and, and our fans being our marketers for us is, is what we're, we're trying to do and trying to look for. So when people share it, that's what we think is the, the sign of success, I guess, on a, on a great social media post. Um, so we'll kind of take a look and, and we track analytics weekly where it's, you know, okay, these were our top videos of the week and this is why they had this many shares. So, you know, sometimes it's interesting because a piece of, you could have two pieces of content. One could have 10 million views, but only 1000 shares. And the other could have 2 million views, but a hundred thousand shares. So then we kind of sit there and we look at the two pieces and it's like, okay, what about this one made people want to share it more, even though it's got way less views than the other one. So it's about the shares and really figuring out what exactly that piece of content, what worked in that piece of content. And then from there, we can say, hey, this worked really, really well. Let's take it back into our next idea session and say, how do we plus it? You know, so if it's somebody walking up to the plate singing a karaoke song and it gets, you know, a million shares, we know we need to figure out how to make it even better for the next time we do it. So we don't ever want to do the same thing over. We want to figure out how to continually plus things. Uh, but shares is definitely the way we, we kind of look and see, hey, this is good. This isn't. When you're when you're thinking through what's going to happen at the, the next game and you're looking at, at some of the data that you're getting and the feedback that you're getting on social media, do you get the opportunity to talk with the team or whoever whoever kind of plans the the zaniness of the game um do you get to coordinate with them and say hey i really think we need to you know instead of doing this song let's do this song or you know that sort of thing yeah so from the very first day that i walked into the bananas office it has been a creative collaborative place at all times um it's never really one person doing anything alone um you know you can start a project alone but you are always going to ask for feedback because you know that if you get other eyes on it you're going to get something that's hopefully going to plus it or they're going to catch something that you didn't catch um so that's very much the case in all of the crazy stuff you see happen in the games so we have what we call our ott meetings ott stands for over the top um, we have about Two of these a month, but bi-weekly, I think you could say, where me, so marketing director, Yvonne, our creative uh, director of creative content, Savannah, our marketing coordinator, 
Zach, our director of entertainment, and Jesse, our team owner, come together and we just have one big idea session bi-weekly. And it's the purpose of them is to figure out those next activations and crazy things we can do in the games. Uh, so it's it's all of us come together and, and we'll set uh, what we call buckets before the game. So everybody comes with ideas for these buckets. So, you know, one bucket last week was fire. Another bucket is things they can wear. So it's okay. You know, those are the buckets. So let's come with five to 10 ideas for those buckets. And then we just sit there, toss them all out. And a lot of the times we're finding ourselves combining two buckets or two ideas together to make this one really awesome idea. Because, you know, my idea might have been a start, but it couldn't be finished for some reason. But Yvonne could come in with a crazy idea and really like mesh that together with my idea and it can create, you know, the next viral video. Uh, But we really like the idea of who we have in those meetings because it's a piece of marketing, a piece of our video team and a piece of our entertainment team. So Zach is the one who puts together the script for every night. Um, and he's got it laid out by minute by the minute for when gates open at 445 for a VIB party all the way until the very last moment of the game when people are dancing in the plaza uh, after the game is over. Um, so we have Zach who's creating the script in there. And then we have our video team who's going to come in and say, hey, this is how we're going to capture all these crazy things he's putting in the script. And then you have the marketing team who's coming in and saying, okay, and we're going to put this piece of content out on TikTok because it's going to do really well with this trending sound there. Or we're going to put it out on Twitter because it's going to be more baseball focused and that's our our heaviest baseball audience. Um, And it can start anywhere. We kind of call it like the circle of life is what we call it because it doesn't have to start with entertainment coming in with ideas. It can start with the social team being like, hey, we don't have anything to post on Wednesday. And then it can kind of go into any of those little circles and, and continue looping and coming up with ideas and then executing and then actually posting. I love that. I love that it's such a collaborative effort. Yeah, it is. It's And that it's not just one person. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because it doesn't even have to be limited, limited to those people. So we'll have people from our ticket team come and be like, hey, I saw this video on TikTok. I think it could be really funny. And then we can then take it to those OTT meetings and be like, hey, Carson from our ticket team brought this idea in. It doesn't even have to start in that creative department. Sometimes it's good to get outside eyes and outside help on what they're seeing on their social media pages. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. It is just a very collaborative space over here at the Bananas. And I think that's something that um, is really helpful and is, has been a big part of you know our success and our growth. So two things. One, what has been your favorite idea that has come out of those meetings? Which those meetings sound amazing. Uh, like, yeah, um, I, th- I think I think right now there's probably a lot of, of marketing directors listening to this that are like, I want her job. So um, good thing. Good thing you're doing such an amazing job uh, because there, there might be some people vying for, for that, that position. But um, but no, it's, it sounds like a, just an amazing culture and, and environment to work in. Um, but what's been your favorite just over the top idea that's come out of those meetings? Yeah, there's, there's two that come to mind. One is a more recent one. Um, we, I guess last year it was, we set a bat on fire as somebody came up to the plate. Um, (laughs) and then they, you know, hit with a bat on fire. And then this year we were like, we got to do more things with fire. And so we were like, why can't the pitcher set a ball on fire? And it's just like, nothing is off. It's off limits. Nothing is off limits. The answer is always yes. Like, it's just, how do we do it? You know? So Zach Frangelo, our director of entertainment started, you know, doing research on how to light a ball on fire, not burn off a pitcher's arm um, (laughs) and still hopefully throw a strike. And so it was just really cool to see such a crazy idea 
start from like, well, why can't we do this to seeing it actually, you know, the research go into it, the, the execution, the planning, the test tries we did on the mound with, you know, balls on fire is insane. Um, and then to see it actually come to fruition in the game, you know, we did that opening weekend of our tour this year in February in West Palm Beach. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. That was cool to see it from like start to finish really, really happen. Um, I assume there are, there are videos on TikTok of this happening. Yes, yes, there are. Okay. You might have to All scroll right. a little it. bit, but you, you should be able to find them. <laughs> and then another another favorite of mine is what we call our three two twos. Um, so three two two stands for third inning, second batter, second pitch. And it's something that developed last year before our tour started in an OTT meeting um, where basically we, we put the game on hold for a second so that the pitcher, the second baseman, the shortstop, and the center fielder can do a mid-inning TikTok dance of some sort. And then right after the dance is over, the pitcher goes right back into pitching. And that, I can remember, we did the very first one last year at the beginning of our tour. And it first off, it went very, very wrong the very first time we ever did it. We had to do it again because the music was off, the dance was off, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And we were like, but we believe in this. We think this can can really be something that's going to you know, be a staple for us. And then we did it again. That first video got millions and millions of views and everyone we've ever posted since has also gotten millions of views. It's, it's, it's something that people now look forward to is that three, two, two, um, during games, they know at some point the pitcher, the short middle infielders and the catcher are going to groove it out and then go right back to playing baseball, um, which is something that nobody had ever seen before up until we did it. Um, and those, that was special, special enough that everybody who was involved in it went and got tattoos of three, two, two last year, um, on our wrists, ankles, all this stuff. So it's a very special one for all of us. Um, cause that really felt like a turning point to, I guess, to, to some degree, our growth and our virality. Cause that was one of the very first videos of the tour last year that really took off to a different level. So that one's always going to be special for me. Jess, you remember that 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 one viral TikTok we almost had? Um, I think we need to go get uh, tattoos of that. <laughs> you told me I'm down. <laughs> um, so so I, I love <laughs> so I love this idea, and there's there's actually a lot of conversation about how marketing, like when in in larger organizations, the the marketing director or the CMO, the, like your job really is to kind of be in touch with the customers and to, to know what makes them tick and what, what, um, uh, what gets them excited. But oftentimes the CMO is kind of, of, uh, obligated to take this product, but they had no, um, voice in crafting and, and, you know, they, they're brought this product and they say, Hey, here, market this thing. But, um, this, there's this conversation that's happening, I think, a little bit more right now of having marketing in that product discussion. And that's that sounds like what you get to do because your product is kind of new and fresh every every ball game. And so you're you're really getting a hand in in um, crafting that product. And how how in terms of just your effectiveness and your also your your uh, fulfillment as a marketing director. Tell me a little bit about that. Is that is that a, is that a major part of it? It is. Yeah. So it's, it's nice because 
you get to be so directly involved. Like I think about it from our team owner, Jesse's standpoint, our team owner, Jesse, his wife, Emily, who's also an owner. And then our team president, Jared, who's also a co-owner. Um, they are more involved than you will ever see any other owner be. And it's because they believe in this brand so much and they want to see it become the best it can be. Um, so that's kind of the, the mindset that every single staff member has on our team. Um, you know, we, we hire people, that are first and foremost fans of the bananas. Um, because if they're not fans of the bananas, then they're not going to have that passion and that drive and that hunger um, to make this thing go to the next level. Uh, so so I think that's something that's very important is that we, we hire people that are first and foremost fans of, of the bananas. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been really interesting because you get to be involved in so many, you know, whether it's a small conversation or a big conversation, you just feel valued here. And I think that's one of the, the biggest differences that I know I've never experienced at any other job to, to this degree is, you know, the freedom and the value you have in your role here. Um, so it's it's a big staple here is, is being involved and in, in helping with those creative decisions. And, and, you know, we want as much help from our staff as possible in the trajectory of where we're going. You know, it's, it's we realize, okay, these people need to be a part of this conversation and then we can loop in these people to add their ideas. Um, but it is, it is also knowing where people should be brought in and where they shouldn't. Um, I don't know if you've read the, the book, no fail meetings, but it's a really awesome one that basically says, you know, if you don't think you're valuable in this meeting, you can say no to being in the meeting. Like if you don't think you'll contribute, it's fine. And it's kind of like, okay, why is this meeting when it could be an email or something like that? It, it really drives you to realize where you should be in, in meetings and those collective conversations as well um, about, you know, the future of the team and the future of the brand or, or stuff like that. So it's interesting to think about. That's really good insight. Um, so you've, you've recently uh, shifted from doing games at the, at the Savannah stadium to doing the tour. And I think you said uh, the first year y'all had one, it was the, the single city world tour, um, then, then the next year you had uh, six or seven, and now you've got uh, 33. So it's a, that's a pretty big jump um, and almost a complete um, uh, change of, of strategy and, and business model um, in, in three years. Uh, how, how have you had to adapt the marketing to that? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because we always – test things. We're not going to do anything without testing it first. So in 2021, that one city world tour where we went to Mobile, Alabama, and that's it was our test. And then, you know, the next year it was six games in six different cities. That's another test. Can we do this multiple times? Um, and then, you know, we added in what we call our challenger series where we play another team besides the party animals that last year. And now that was our test and it's confirmed that we can do this thing. Um, so that's how we came to get our 33 city tour with, you know, 12 different challengers, 90 games, all this craziness. Um, and that's how we knew it would, it would work because we tested. Um, so in terms of our strategy for, you know, the tour versus home games, it was, it was a little different. You know, we were kind of nervous that, you know, in these markets, how many people actually know about us? How many people are actually interested enough to come to games? Um, so when we released our schedule, in 2022, last October, uh, for our 2023 season, we were like, 
a little nervous. And we had plans to actually run Facebook ads in these different, you know, geolocations to make sure that, you know, if some place didn't have a lot of people interested that we could, you know, get our name out there to them and all that stuff. And then within, you know, four days, I think we still were seeing numbers that we had never seen before. So our, our website actually was shut down for three days straight uh, because the traffic was just so incredibly high. And then now we're sitting at a part where we have 500,000 fans on our wait list um, to come to these games. And it is because, you know, we create an experience unlike any other in the ballpark. So that's everyone from our ticket team to our operations team to our merchandise team. Um, and then, you know, they're seeing things on social media from the games that they've never seen before um, happen in a baseball game. So it's it's the strategy changed because we're dealing with it on a different scale. But the root of it all is still the same. And that is how is this fans first? How are we making this experience fans first from the moment they purchase tickets to the moment they come to the game, um, as well as, you know, how do we make sure that this is really hitting our goal of making baseball fun? So although, you know, the, the growth and the, the impact of it is, is different, um, the, the strategy always stayed the same. And that is, you know, fans first entertain always making baseball fun. So. Well, you, you definitely, y'all know your brand um, and you just, you sound like you just run with it a hundred percent full, full force ahead, which um, is inspiring to see. Um, and I think, I think a lot of brands get there. They don't know what their brand is strong enough to really do that. Um, but I want to go back to the, the team dynamics and everything. So you, you've, you've had a big hand in just growing the whole marketing department from um, when you came on to uh, you said you have five or six uh, marketing team members now. Is that, is that right? If you, if you don't include all the, the, the video folks. Okay. All right. So um, can you speak a little bit about that whole process of, of um, cause I'm sure there's other people in that position somewhere along that line of either they're, just starting or they're just starting to hire people and build that team. How do you find, how do you find the right uh, team, team members um, that are going to get the things done the way you want them to get done? Yeah. So we have probably one of the most intense interview processes you'll, you'll go through and you'll find, um, but it's for a purpose and it's for a reason. Um, so you can go online and, and sign up for our employee wait list and then you'll be notified when we have positions available um, from there. You will, you know, fill out your application and the application from the jump is very different. You know, okay, sure. We want to know your name. We want to know what fires you up, what your skill set is. But, you know, we don't care about asking for your resume. We don't care about what you did in the past. We actually ask for a future resume. Um, we want to see where you want to go. You know, our core value are our core values are always be caring, different, enthusiastic, fun, growing, and hungry. So that shows us exactly where they want to be, how hungry they are, how enthusiastic they are to get there, um, where do they want to grow. Um, and so that future resume helps us get a gauge on, on how much of, uh, how motivated are these people, essentially? Where do they want to be in 10 years? Um, so right off the jump, it's very different. And then they jump on a call with our fans first director, Marie, who kind of, you know, vets them, gets to know them a little bit and just has like, you know, a pretty standard conversation, um, kind of looking at the cultural impact they would have on our team. So we have, um, 
that call with the initial call with Marie, and then Marie will choose to move them on to our culture interview. Um, so something we pride ourselves on is our culture in the office with the staff. You know, it goes back to those core values that I just spoke about. Um, we want to make sure that everyone, again, is, you know, a fan of the bananas can fit into our culture and really make sense to be here um, because that's what's going to drive our, our brand and our business is having those people on board who, who keep the fire going and, and help us um, raise the bar. So after that culture interview, the culture interview literally has nothing to do with skill, your skill set. It has everything to do with who you are, what fires you up, you know, what motivates you. Um, I mean, we ask crazy questions like, if you could be a superhero, what would you be? Um, another one is, you know, describe the color yellow to someone who is blind. You know, we want to see how these people think, how they react, how they can hold a conversation with, you know, people in our office. And then finally, after that culture interview, the last, um, you know, part of the interview process is what we call a skills interview. So it's a pretty pretty intense um, project that we give these people. So for example, the marketing one, we give them about a five part project. So it creates some graphics. We want to see your graphic design skill set, um, come up with captions to these videos and pictures we provide with you. We want to see, you know, are they up to date on the trendy lingo? Are they up to date on, you know, all this crazy stuff that happens on social media? Um, and then, you know, there's other things like respond to fans and, and come up with a video idea. Um, and that is a great uh, opportunity for us to see how their mind works and their skill set as well as for them to see an idea of what they would be doing day to day. So we want to make sure that these people know what they're coming into and that it fires them up and that they're in the right position. Um, because if they're not, then, you know, it's, it's unfortunately just not going to work. And that kind of will, will hold us back a little bit if we have people who aren't fully on board um, in their position. So it's a, it's a big, long process. And then after that skills interview, it's kind of like, all right, we know this is the person. They come on board. And then it's kind of, you know, they have to learn the brand. It's, it's, it's a very intense, you know, internship or start to your first job is, is figuring out the brand and going through, you know, like three days of fans first orientation to really understand the company before you even get started in your actual role. Um, so it's making sure that these people are fully on board with our culture and what we stand for before we even think about skill set, because you can't teach people that. You can teach people skills. You can teach them, you know, how to design something in Photoshop, but you can't teach people culture. They just have to fit into the culture. Um, so that is is kind of how we go about finding people for our team. Um, it's a long process. It's kind of a grueling one, but the people that stick it out normally are the ones who, you know, really want to be there and have that hunger to, to grow and, and be with the bananas. So it's all for a reason. <laughs> I, I love all of that so much. It's been like, because like with my background, I'm a little all over the place. I tried college. It didn't go great. I did. I was a hairstylist. And then now I'm in marketing. And like all of that doesn't matter because like I know what I'm capable of. And if you have people with, you know, untraditional background, it you just need to know they're going to fit. So that's awesome. I love that. And I'm sure the like length of the process also weeds some people out too. Like if you're willing to go through all that, you're committed. You want that job. That's awesome. I love it. So we, we gave you a, a question um, in our in our prep call to, to think about a little bit. Um, it's one we like to ask all, all the guests. But what, what marketing mountain have you had to conquer uh, that's been uh, just a, a hard, it's been your Everest um, 
that you feel like you've you've conquered and you've gotten to the other side of <laughs> if, if we've gotten to the other side of it quite yet but it's it's starting to I, I think I genuinely think I was thinking of this question and I was like okay there's a few that I can think of that you know we've gotten over for example COVID you know that was crazy it was a big big mountain um, for us but we figured out how to get over got get over it and we did and now we're here um and then you know i thought about okay another another mountain for us is the fact that we are in live games so from a social media standpoint there are a lot of things that are out of our control um so there's there's things we can't always expect to go exactly as we planned um so we have to learn how to you know adapt and adjust um on the fly which i feel like we've gotten really really good at um but when i think about our everest it's something that we are currently dealing with a lot and something that we're, we're, you know, very much on pace to figure out, but I think it's always going to be something that we are constantly having to update and think about and, and, and deal with. And that is our, our growth. You know, our growth as a, a brand and a team has really gone from, a you know, a substantial amount to a rapid amount of growth and it's happening quicker and quicker, it seems. And, more and more, you know, growth in a shorter amount of time. So, you know, a lot of the conversations we have are about, you know, how do we make sure that we're not going at a pace that we can't keep up with, but we also never want to hit a straight plateau. So for example, when we were in the Coastal Plain League, that collegiate summer league, we felt at some point we were hitting a plateau because there was only so much we could do with the season that's May to August um, in an actual league. It's traditional baseball. You know, there's rules, there's there's, you know, things we can and can't do on the field because it's an actual game of uh, in a league play. So it was, okay, we hit that plateau. And then with Banana Ball and deciding to leave the league, we realized, okay, now we're going back on an upwards trajectory. But we have to make sure that we're not going to skyrocket and then come crashing down. So we're, we're trying to figure out how exactly we have to deal with that, like, perfect amount of growth over the next few years. Um, and a lot of that has to do with our staff. So... You know, it's, it's making sure we're bringing on the right people at the right time to help supplement where it is we're trying to go, while also not bringing them on too early to where there isn't enough for them to do now. But in a year, there's going to be a crazy amount. Um, but we also don't want to bring on somebody too late because we saw that with our, our ticket um, when we released our 2023 schedule in October. You know, we, we had our ticket team of however many people and then we released it and realized, oh my gosh, we need about six more people on our ticket team to handle everything that's happening right now. Um, and that's something we learned from. You know, we didn't realize we would need that because we didn't expect to see the growth that we had that night, those that week. And it's something we learned from. So now when we're gearing up for our release in October of our 2024 schedule, we're like, okay, we need to bring in supplemental ticket team people way before to make sure that they're trained and properly ready to handle the questions from the fans and make sure that every fan is taken care of to the best degree. Um, so I would say our, our rapid growth kind of is our Everest right now. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse, uh, but it's something that we're, we're slowly starting to figure out how to handle and, and make sure we're growing at you know a consistent rate as opposed from ups and downs and ups and downs or a plateau at any point. Do you ever see uh, Banana Ball being a league of its own? I think... I think so. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, in the next few years, you'll, you'll be seeing some, some steps towards that. So that's, that's, I know that's exciting news probably for like your whole fan base. Um, can, can you uh, make sure you loop in Knoxville as a, as a potential, uh, team site, uh, for, for the banana ball league? I will pass the request along. I will do that. <laughs> 
they're talking about building this whole this whole new big stadium here in Knoxville, and we could just we could just convert that there into a, a banana. Yeah, ball. Uh, sounds so. great. <laughs> Jess, have you got any you got any other questions uh, before we before we wrap up? We want to hit. The only other, like, you touched on it some um, as far as, like, how your marketing strategy is different for your home games versus traveling and trying to, you know, keep everything exciting, keeping everything moving new and fresh. Do you do anything super different in the off season, or is that just kind of permanently your marketing mindset with social media and everything? Yeah, so it's this question is very interesting because our off season has been so dramatically different every year for the past four years or whatever it's been. Um, you know, those first two three years I was on, it was okay. We're just recycling content from the season, mm-hmm. you know, because we had that May to August season, and it was like, all right, we would you know post one thing a day, and then we have all this content that we saved for the off season because we knew we're not going to have players. People don't care enough to see the staff members on our Facebook pages and stuff like that. So we would batch content up. And to some degree, that's that's been consistent in every offseason. Um, but mm-hmm. now this offseason is going to be dramatically different from anyone we've ever had prior because, one, we've had way more games than we could ever imagine. Um, so the content we have in our in our bank is is unmatched. It's, it's a lot of it, and we're only, you know, 20 games into the season or whatever it is. Um, but what's also different is this year in our offseason, we're going to have players with us. So in the past, we've never had players around town because they're coming from all over the nation. They're going back to school after the summer. Um, but this year, we'll actually have players who are here in Savannah. Um, so our plan is, is really to just create new fun content that's making baseball fun um, to go out on our social media platforms. Because, uh, again, we, we aren't really... Not, if you go on our social media pages, you'll see right now that about 97% of our posts are non-call to action posts. So they're not asking anybody to buy anything. They're not asking them to join a list. Um, it's strictly content for them to enjoy. Uh, and so that's what we're trying to figure out in the off season. We have to make sure that it's going to continue that way with fun, fresh new content. Um, because people know our season's over. They know that, you know, if we are using content from the season, that it's, you know, old, kind of out of date. Um, so we're really trying to figure out our strategy for this upcoming off season to make sure that it's fun, fresh, new, and utilizing players in a way we haven't had the chance to in the past. Um, so it should be really interesting to see how it goes. That's awesome. So one, one question for, um, it's kind of on a, a different angle but your technology, um, I know everybody's kind of got their own uh, Martech stack of things. Is there is there any one or two apps that that totally make a difference uh, in your um, um, in your life as a you know? People director? always ask what we use to like schedule out all our posts and how we plan, and we are basics on basics on basics over here. We have an Excel sheet that has a calendar. And that has all of our content. It's color-coded. That's how we keep track of what's going out on our social media pages. That's how our marketing coordinator, Savannah, you know, puts in, plugs things into the calendar to make sure video team knows what they're supposed to be getting to her. Um, and then as far as scheduling goes, we heavily rely on the in-app um, platform. So Creator Studio, or I guess it's called Meta Business Suite now, um, for Facebook and Instagram scheduling. And then TweetDeck for Twitter. Um, we, we really just utilize the in-app platform. Um, 
you know, platforms that they provide to you. Um, they're the ones that are going to have the best of the best features because it's their app. Whereas if you go to a, another website like Hootsuite or later, you know, those work really well and they all are in the same place, which is, I think, one of the biggest benefits of them. But, you know, they're, you know, if you're using Instagram, they're not going to be the first ones to be able to schedule Instagram stories. Um, Meta is going to be the first ones to schedule Instagram stories. So it's it's interesting to, to think about because everybody's always like, what do you use? What do you use? And we're like, we just use what's provided for us. We don't go out of our way to use anything extra. Um, so yeah, it's just the basics and stuff. And then we also utilize uh, Greenfly, which is an uploading and content system. Uh, so basically... After every game, we put all of our content into Greenfly and all of our players have a a seat in Greenfly so that they can then go in and pull any content they want to to post on their personal pages as well. Um, That's been a massive help for us because, you know, we want to build up these these players and make them their own, you know, help them build their own brand. So providing them with the content that we capture from the games um, and being able to put it in a place like that very easily just makes it such an easier process as opposed to them being like, hey, can I get this video from four nights ago to get this video from last night. So it just makes it a lot easier and faster process. And probably a little bit better than like a Google drive. Type yeah. Of yeah. It's much more, a little, little more, it's much more detailed and organized. User friendly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that is, I'm going to say that's fascinating that, that y'all are crushing it on social media and yours and you're using Excel. I, I love that. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's encouraging to, to a lot of people out there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you don't need the fanciest tools. If it works, it works. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> um, well, Karen, thank you again so much. This has been um, absolutely fascinating just to hear how you all do the things and and um, what you all have to, to work with. Um, is there anything uh, that, that you want to you know, give a shout out to or let uh, our listeners know about um, before we close out? I don't think so. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Marketing Trailblazers with Jeremy LaDuke and Jess Tackett is a collaborative production of Epic Nine Marketing. Produced by me, Lance Pettiford. Co-produced by Kaylee Estep and Lauren Ward. Graphic and web design by Will Lunsford and guest support provided by Kaylee Swaggerty. Epic Nine Marketing Outfitters has been helping ambitious brands grow since 2014. If you are a CMO looking to conquer some mountains or you need a CMO to help get you to the top, then contact Epic9 and get started with a Basecamp consultation at epic9.com. Want more great content to help fuel your marketing adventures? Sign up for exclusive content and get early access to our Marketing Mountain School content at marketingtrailblazers.com.